Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Hello, Hillside Church. It is an absolute privilege to be with you online. It would have been better to be with you in person, but online, I'll take that. So just thank you for having us and uh, thank you for having me. A real privilege. Thank you to Rog and Tans and the eldership team. But uh, hasn't this season been absolutely wild? It has been just so wild, so weird. We are busy uh, in a, with a fast at the moment. And um, we, met, we met this week for, for the first time kind of doing a live, a live streaming of the fast. And we had our eldership team there, which was cool because at least you kind of got some people in the room. And then we're talking to this camera which people with people following us on Facebook Live, which is just so weird. It is just so you're thinking, is anybody listening? What's happening? It is just very, very strange. And I'm sure you've had exactly the same. And we're all in the same situation. Wild, weird, just unprecedented has been terms that has been uh, as one of the words that has been used. But friends, uh, I really feel like I've got something for you this this today as as i as i bring this word to you we had a we had a, a a leaders weekend literally our leaders weekend was the week weekend before we had we couldn't meet more than a hundred people so it was anton cater was and and Ange cater did our leaders weekend and he was the last one to preach live at glenridge actually and i was chatting to him the other day and i said bro that's why we're in such good shape because you preached last last you know just joking with him, but he there was this incredible moment there in our leaders weekend and some people had drawn some pictures um, and one of the pictures prophetic pictures was was this baby in a womb it was absolutely beautiful and um, and it was quite amazing that God right from that time started speaking to us about a birthing process about womb time and uh, and so really I, I really believe one of the things that God has been doing with the church at this time is birthing something in her and we all want to see the power of God move we all want to see the flow outpouring of the spirit but actually God needs to ready us for that otherwise we will not be able to receive what God has for us and God has to prepare us and and I really believe this time has been a preparation season and so I I think it's just a vantage point Uh, somebody once said the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian when in matters of devastation, disaster, disease, or any of these things that come at us. In fact, we're going to look at the book of Joel now. And in their case, it was a swarm of locusts that was eating and ravaging their land. The difference between the believer and or the follower of Jesus and, a, and somebody that doesn't is their response. Because our response in a God who is faithful and a, and a, a response to a God who, who has got us is very different to somebody that hasn't got a God that is transcendent, that is beyond and above what we're facing. Uh, we can't ask for help from people that are facing the same thing. But a God that is transcendent, a, a God that is above the situation, who can reach in and help us, actually that God we can ask for help from. And, and this is a moment where God is preparing our hearts. This is womb time. And this morning what I want to do is I want to get into the book of Joel. Um, Part of our fast has actually been around around the book of Joel, and that came about by and we do actually doing a series in the book of Acts. Very complicated. We're doing a series in the book of Acts, and we came to Acts chapter two with the outpouring of the Spirit. And Joel chapter two is 
is, is, is quoted in the book of Acts. And so we've been kind of in the book of Acts saying God and, and book of Joel saying, God, what are you saying here? What are you doing? And looking at the outpouring of the Spirit and what does that mean and all those sorts of things. And really got, God started to speak to us and speak to me and the team around the book of Joel. And so this morning, I wanna, what I want to do is I want to I take us to the book of Joel and Joel chapter 2 in particular. And um, I believe Joel has some incredible things to teach us about preparing for what God wants to do. I think in Joel, it tells us kind of what God does want to do. And I'll just quickly tell you about that. But then I want to go back to what is it that God wants to do in our hearts at this time that's going to prepare us for the future. And I think whatever God does now, if we respond well now to the present, God will then build the faith and the trust and the prepare our hearts for the future. And so whatever God is doing in our hearts now is for now, but it's actually also for a future because he has generations in mind. So let's have a look at Joel chapter 2 verses 12 to 14 is what I'm going to read. And then I'm going to just jump and I'll just kind of allude to the other, the other things in Joel after that. Um, this is what it says in Joel chapter 2 verse 14. And maybe before I get there, let me, let me say this to you. In the book of Joel, there's the swarm of locusts that is coming and locusts devastate the land. They say that the swarm would have been 600 million locusts. A locust eats its own weight a day and literally devastates anything. It strips the bark off of trees. It de- it, anything that it can eat, it eats. So a, a, a tree that has had its bark stripped can't survive because it needs the bark to get nutrients. And then what the, no, uh, the locusts do is they lay their eggs in the ground, which means that within a very short while, the same swarm appears again. And so it is a devastating um, uh, swarm of locusts that has hit, hit the, the people of God. And Joel comes in now in the heat of this emergency to say, this is our response to these locusts. This is how we've got to respond to this swarm, this devastation. And um, so that's, that's where we get to. If you read that, and, 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 and the writer actually likens the swarm of locusts to an army, to with horses and, and chariots and, and this army that is, that is descending on Israel. Um, and Israel is far away from God at this time. Israel is not close with God. And so the prophet comes and says, actually, there, there's, there, there's something of the judgment of God coming on you because you are far away from him. And he, and he teaches them what to respond, how to respond in this moment. And this is, this is the response that, that um, Joel says. He says, even now, verse 12 of chapter 2, even now declares the Lord, return to me. With all your hearts, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. And so Joel's, Joel's message to the people is to this, is actually even now, what you've got to do is you've got to return to God. And you've got to we, we, return to God, not in a superficial way, but in a rather, in a very deep way. Don't just rend your garments. Don't, don't just tear your garments. Actually, you need to tear your heart. 
This is not about ritual. It's not about religious going through the motions. It's, this is about actually God. We want more of you. And, and tearing garments in those days was when there was extreme grief. People would literally tear their garments. And, and he's saying, but I don't want your garments. I don't want you to stand there tearing your garments. But it never touches your heart. Actually, I want this to go deep into your heart. And so his response to this devastation is he says, even now in the midst of this, and can I say, even now is such an important thing. Wherever you are, wherever you are, even now, if you are far away from God or if you've gone cold with God, it's incredible that he talks about the heart. Return, return to the Lord with all of your heart. The things that stop our hearts from returning is if we've got a cold heart or we've got a hard heart or we've got a wounded heart. These are things that, that stop us from returning and giving our hearts fully to God. And, and, I'm saying, and he says to us, even now, even now in the midst of whatever you're going through, your business is under massive pressure, your family is under massive pressure. Actually, you under, the, the, the uncertainty of the day, the, the uncertainty of the hour is overwhelming you. Even now, in the midst of even if you've done the worst thing that you could possibly think, that God would never have me back, God would never accept me, even now, how much more in the New Testament where Jesus has paid for our sin, where Jesus has made a way for us to go boldly into to the throne of grace, confidently and boldly to approach the throne of grace because of his blood. Even now, return to God. This is what I believe God is wanting to do in terms of preparation for this next season. God is wanting to prepare our hearts for this next season. And what he goes on to say in the book of Joel as he goes on and he says, um, and, and, and he says, once you've done this, once you've come back to God, this is the promise of God. He says that actually I will, um, in verse 24, he says, threshing falls, falls will be filled with grain and vats will overflow. It talks about the trees bearing fruit, even though there's been devastation. Even though there's been devastation from, a, from locusts, the trees will once again bear fruit. There's this prosperity that God wants to pour out on his people if they will return to him with all of their hearts. And I believe in the, in the collective church here in Durban, but across the world, there's a, there's a collective returning to God and finding God in such a deep way that I believe is gonna, that is gonna be a tipping point into what God wants to do in terms of an outpouring of the Spirit of God on his people. He goes on to say in verse 25, I will repay for the years, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. He's going to repay us. So what he does is he restores the land. He restores the fruitfulness and prosperity. And then he repays you for the years that the locusts have eaten. Even now, friends, if you are far away from God, re even now return to God with all of your heart. He will repay you all the years that the locusts have eaten, all the years of devastation. And can I say even all the years of all your sin, God will restore to you what was lost. This is what he says. And then in verse 28, of, of chapter 2, he goes on to say, and then afterwards, so there's this great outpouring of prosperity, there's this restoring what the years of the locusts have eaten, and then he says, and afterward, afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. That's Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2 quote. You see, the outpouring of the Spirit comes with, an, with a prosperity, with a release of the provision of God. It comes with just incredible prosperity. And he says, and afterward, I will pour out my Spirit. I, after, afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. He then goes on to say in chapter 3, 
He says in those days, in, in chapter 1 and chapter 3, in those days and at that time, I will, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I'll gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There's something that happens in the people of God. Once we return to God, there's this forming, there's this womb time, there's this provision that comes, there's an outpouring of the Spirit that comes, and then the nations get affected. And then he goes on to say, in, in chapter, nine, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, he says, Proclaim among the nations, prepare for war, rouse the warriors, let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weaklings say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side and assemble there. Friends, there is a, there's an outpouring of the provision of God that comes. There's an outpouring of the Spirit of God that comes. And then there's a rising up or rousing of an army of the people of God where the weakling, the weakest in the, in the army says, I am strong. And the nations are affected. You see, what God wants to do in these days, friends, is bring financial blessing, bring spiritual and outpouring of the Spirit of God on us. And then He wants to affect the nations through us, through the army of believers that is coming through us as a people. Friends, these are some of the things that God wants to do. And this, Joel is just so rich. These are some of the things that God wants to do. But it starts with, Return to me with all your heart. Rend your heart, not your garments. That's where it starts. So often we try to do what God needs to do or God wants to do. God wants to pour out provision. God wants to pour out his spirit. God wants to rise up, raise up an army. And so often we go about how we, how we can get provision and how we can get more of the, the spirit of God. And how can we, how can we? God says, I'm going to do that. What we've got to do is prepare our hearts. We've got to do what we've got to do and allow God to do what He wants to do. And Joel says, this is, what, this is how you, to, how, if you want to get into that, this is what you've got to do. Return to the Lord with all of your hearts. It's quite fair. And, and what does returning to the Lord with all your heart actually mean? You know what it actually means, friends? It means repentance. And, and in some circles, repentance is like a, not a good word because it's kind of Old Testament-y. Repentance, I want to talk about the, the role that repentance has in our hearts as we return to God with all our heart. The, repentance that, the, the role that repentance has in our, in our lives as, God, as we return to God. But before I get to repentance, I want to talk about a, another word that is absolutely key in this text. Repent is a key word. Returning to God means repenting. Repent. I mean, talk about what that is and what that isn't in a moment. But there's another word that actually needs to be before there. It's the word lament. And I think one of the reasons why we don't repent well is that we never lament well. Lamentance is that deep, is, is the recognition and the facing with deep sorrow and grief the situation that we are that we are in and what happens is is we never kind of in, in the western mindset even at our funerals it's kind of it's we want it to be as short as possible and then we talk about a celebration of life this is about a celebration of life this is not about actually mourning and and what we do with by doing that and it is a celebration of life is that we rob ourselves of the lament process where actually we face the pain 
and we face the the reality of what it is and we and we move it from where it is in front of us we walk into it we take it through our hearts and we take it back to God and then we're ready to repent because we don't know what to repent of we haven't we haven't really had the gravity of of what that means so what happens repentance just becomes a a, a kind of a a very surface garmenty kind of thing rather than a heart thing and this word lament is quite is quite powerful and obviously in the bible it's very powerful i mean there's a whole book in the bible called lamentations written by the weeping prophet so lament lamenting is a very a biblical thing and there's lots of psalms of lament which would be good to study but what lament does lamenting remembers and reflects it allows you in the midst of the pain it allows in the midst of the devastation in the midst of the swarm of covid in the midst of the swarm of businesses that are in trouble in the midst of that it actually remembers and it reflects it faces it it goes into it and says this is where we are lament also has the privilege of asking why if you look at the psalms you see them asking all the times why why god and and for some reason if we ask why god in our Western culture, it's like you lack faith. It's like, and, and then you say, God, have you forgotten me? And then, our, and then our counseling kicks in and we say, yeah, but God never forgets. And actually you're the apple of his eye. Friends, that asking why is a very key part of the lamenting process. And we need to, need to learn to ask why properly, actually. Lament is such a key part to this process. The third thing is this around lament is lament remembers there is a God who is real. So you face and you reflect and you remember about the situation. You have the freedom to ask why Lord what is this? And then you remember that there is a God who is real. There's a God whose mercy is more powerful than his judgment. I love in this in, in, in Joel. He says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. <clears throat> we, what we do is we, we realize that actually we, we have a real God that we cry out to. That we're a real God that we are in the presence of. And his mercy triumphs over his judgment. James says that. His mercy is more powerful than his judgment. So even though you've done wrong, actually you face a God that is compassionate and gracious and relents. This is the kind of God we serve. And what we do is, is in lamenting, we start to remember. So we face it. We ask the questions, why in our heart? And then we start to take it to God and we start to remember the kind of God that we serve. And then what happens is lament clings to the promise that there is always hope. That there is always hope. So this is the, that there, it, it takes the promises of God. And if you look through the Psalms, it always ends up, but God, you are faithful and you said that you would bless. And, and it kind of goes there. And lamenting takes us through that process and is a very key part to the next point, which is to repent. And our, our, this repenting is such a key part of our life in God. And really what they're doing when they're speaking here about rending your heart, not your garment. It's actually a moment of repentance. You know, when, when in a preach, the, the preacher says, guys, we're going to respond now. Um, you you, uh, you want to respond to the word that's just happened. Often that, that moment of response is actually a moment of respent, uh, repentance. If you understand what repentance is. Often repentance is, oh, you just got to say sorry. And you just got to, it's kind of just a moment. And 
But actually, no, repentance is deep, friends. Repentance is the way that we actually go from one level of God to the next, one, to a depth of knowing Him greater. That's, it's moments of little moments of repentance along the way where we start to get the revelation of what He's saying as we've lamented and as we've started, God started to reveal Himself. So what is repentance? Repentance is not an emotion. See, what, that's what he's getting here. Repentance is not tearing your garment in absolute emotion. Repentance, friends, is actually a decision. It's a choice. It's something that we do with our faculties, knowing what the truth is. Repentance is also not feeling sorry. Just feeling sorry. 2 Corinthians talks about this. It's not about feeling sorry for the situation. Because actually at, in that moment, you're at the center of that situation. Repentance is also not regretting. Ah, oh, gee, that was so terrible. And let's move on. Repentance is deep. It's not tearing your garments. In fact, these things that I'm saying not, it's not apologizing. Repentance is not remorse. It's not sorrow. These are garment things. And he says, don't do that. Rend your heart, not your garments. Repentance is heartfelt. It's heartfelt. Repentance is not repentance unless there is a sincere decision in your heart, in your mind to go a different way. And what he's asking for here is he's saying, let's, let's let God into our hearts in a very deep way, which I want to equate to repentance. What else can we say about repentance? Repentance is only possible because of the covenant promises of God. The reason why we can repent, friends, is because God's covenantal promises in Jesus Christ are ours. So because of the covenant promises of God, if the covenant promises of God weren't in place, He'd just wipe us out. But it's not the case. God is, there's this covenantal relationship, which in the New Testament is even more profound in Jesus Christ than what it was in Joel's day. And because he is gracious and because he is slow to anger and because he relents and sending, we can actually approach him in a moment of heartfelt change. Repentance, I want to say, as I've said before, actually, I think, needs lamentation. True rep to truly repent needs us to lament. And so often in the Western culture, we leave that out. And so we never feel the gravity of what we're facing. We kind of shrug it off. And that's a lack of faith if you ask those questions. It's a lack of faith if, you, if you're feeling like that. Just get over it. You, God's good. And look at the promises of God. Actually, friends, I believe we've got to take this moment in and let God birth something very deep in our hearts. Repentance is also a moment of revelation. Repentance is a moment of revelation, friends. Unless there's revelation, you cannot have proper repentance. You need lamentation, revelation, and then repentance. Re revelation is you've got to be able to see it, what's wrong. You see, repentance is not saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is seeing things differently. So when Jesus went and said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, he didn't say, just start to say sorry because the kingdom of God is at hand. No, what he's saying is he's saying, Change your mind, which is what repent in the New Testament, metanoia. Change your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you see the world. It's, that's what repentance is. It's actually a moment of revelation where you realize, man, actually, 
jeepers, what I was doing was wrong, or this situation is wrong, and my, or my response was, couldn't, is not what it should be. And in that moment, once you've had that moment of revelation, and the reason why we don't get to the moment of revelation is because you never ever have a long enough time to lament, I believe. And, but, but once you've had that moment of revelation, then it's like, oh God, the lights have turned on. And that might need, I am sorry, Lord. And that might need, please forgive me, Lord. That might need, Lord, I did not know that. Please forgive me. That might need, oh, Lord, please forgive that person. Or, Lord, please help me to forgive that person or whatever it is. It leads, that's the fruit of repentance in, in many, in many, many. And then the fruit of, further fruit of repentance is the lived out life that no longer was in the direction that you were going, but now lives in accordance with the revelation that you have in God. So repentance is only possible because of the covenant promises of God. Repentance requires lamenting. Repentance is a moment of revelation because it's, we want to see the world differently. Repentance is also a gift from God. Friends, that moment of revelation comes from Him. And so actually it's a gift from God. Every moment of repentance is a, is a, is a gift from God for us to see Him more, for Him to see Him better, to see Him more clearly. It's like Job. Lord, I've, uh, Lord God, I've heard of you, but now I see you. It's kind of that moment of, yeah, I, it, it was murky. Now I've got it. It's a gift from God. It's a point of grace to us to be in a moment of repentance. It's a gift from us, friends. And, 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 and change in the Christian life requires those moments of repentance. It's not like you repent when you, when you get saved and then that's it, you're done. No, it's little moments of repentance as we journey, as we see ourselves more clearly, as we see God more clearly, as we see the world more clearly, as we see what we're meant to be doing more clearly and we were doing the wrong thing. Or we, or we were, it's, it's moments like that that actually takes us deeper and deeper into God. Which is my last point. The way we go deeper with God is in greater degrees of repentance. Nothing happens in our walk with God outside of those little moments of repentance, of realigning, of shifting, of, of evaluating, of, of, of revelation so that we can live a different life. And the difficulty with repentance is why we shy away from it is it can be painful. Because it's painful to face the reality of, a, of an army of locusts or the, uh, uh, a devastation because of our own actions or the actions of others. It's very painful to see our mistakes and our wrongs for what they are. So repentance is not an easy thing. It's a gift from God, but it's not an easy thing because to take it in and really allow God to do that work, which is what Joel is saying. Remember, this is the preparation work for what God, this is the womb time. This is the preparation work for what God wants to do into the future, which is a, which is a release of prosperity, which is a, an outpouring of the Spirit of God, which is the raising up of an army to affect the nations. It needs repentance. And as believers, we need to have lifestyles of repentance, of quickly acknowledging, quickly saying sorry, quickly seeing and, and letting the revelation of God take hold of us. So repentance is not always easy because it's painful. Repentance also means you've got to let go of something. If you have revelation to go there, you've got to let go of this. If you, it's also unhitching. It's unhitching from things. So that's why moments of unforgiveness, we realize, man, it's actually, I need to forgive. It's actually like a little moment of unforgiveness, but repentance. And it's like, you've got to let go of that thing. 
and take hold of what God has for you. And it's very difficult to do that. It's unlearning and untangling our lives. That's why repentance is very difficult. So once you've had the revelation of what to do next, now you've got to go about the intentional things of untangling, unhitching, letting go, unlearning, and then relearning what God wants to do. And this is how we grow deeper and deeper in God. And Hillside Church, I want to encourage you over this time, and particularly over the last season that you've had, let this be a time of God growing something of God birthing something in your hearts. Repentance is the start of a new beginning and a point of growth. And that's what God's doing with you. There's a new beginning. There's this, there's, and I think God's doing it with the church generally. There's this new beginning and a point of growth that he's bringing to release in this time of being in the womb, in this birthing time. Repentance ultimately leads to a tangible change in lifestyle and living. But you see, if, it's not, if, it, if there isn't a proper lament and there's not proper revelation, it never, it never really takes hold. It's kind of like a, it's like a service. It's actually like rending your garment. And, unless, unless, and, and what, I'm, what I'm saying to you and what I'm saying to us as a church in this time is that let God into our hearts to do what He wants to do. Let God into our hearts. Friends, it's not going to be easy, but let me tell you, it is going to be unbelievably beautiful. And on the other side of that is people, friends. On the other side of that is ministry opportunities. It's business opportunities. It's people. It's people's lives. The nations are going to get changed in that moment. That's why this is so key in terms of our preparation. Remember, this is what God, I believe, is wanting to do in preparation for the season ahead. God wants to do some incredible things. But our response in this moment is God change my heart. Lord, I want to return to you with all of my heart. Lord, I want to rend my heart, not my garment. Help me to see what is garment living and what is heart living. And I believe God, which, which in that text he says, who knows he may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing. Friend, I, in, in Joel's day, there was a who knows. In, in Jesus' day, there wasn't a who knows. I, I, we know God wants to return and be, leave behind a blessing. And that blessing looks like prosperity and outpoured spirit of the rising up of army and affecting of nations. Friends, this is an incredibly, incredibly important time in the life of the church worldwide. And, and what we're doing is we, God has taken away the crutches of meetings and buildings. And God, has, and God has actually given us an opportunity in this moment to really grow in Him and for our hearts to be really shaped by Him. And I want to encourage you as you face these next years and as you face these next, these next, this next season, let God into your heart. Let Him prepare what He wants to prepare. As a church, let God do what He wants to do in you. There's both a personal and individual aspect to this and there's also a corporate, collective, community aspect to this. What is God wanting to do Corporately, what is God wanting to do individually? And I believe when you allow God to do that, even now, even now, return to me with all your heart. Even now, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away from God you are, no matter, no matter what mess you've made of your life, even now, return to God with all of your heart and watch Him bless you. Because He wants to restore and repay the years that the locusts have stolen and eaten.
bless you hillside i pray that god's blessing can i just pray for you i pray father your richest blessing over hillside church i pray lord lord god that you would reveal to them that you would show them what this next season holds lord i thank you i thank you lord god that you would speak to them so clearly prophetically through the word of god about what to do in this next season and how to prepare for the next coming future lord god bless this church in your incredible incredible name amen have a great day guys thanks for listening we'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode you can connect with us on facebook or leave a review on our podcast